This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good afternoon, Southern Ontario. Another beautiful day for golf. The greater Toronto area, the skies are blue, the sun is out. There is lots to get to on this Thursday edition of GTC as guess what? PGA Tour continuing play, this time RBC Heritage, Hilton Head Golf Links, Harbortown Golf Links, excuse me, in Hilton Head, South Carolina. We've got a ton to get to today. Welcoming in now my co-host, Mr. Bob Weeks. Weeksy, I'm sitting here. I am on location again today. Got out of the home studio again, which I am loving. I am overlooking Lake Ridge Links Golf Course here in Durham. Of course, Whispering Ridge, the other 18 here. It is the 36-hole property, Lake Ridge Links, just straight up Lake Ridge, uh, Lake Ridge Road from the 401, part of the Bruce uh, Golf Rewards family, also part of the SmartGolfDeals.com family. And I am overlooking the golf course. Beautiful sunny day, Bob. I'm loving it. Do you recall a May, June, this good weather-wise? You know, the, the best part for me about this is the temperatures during the day aren't too hot, but the evening temperatures, the night is so cool for sweet, for sleeping. I just put that window open, and it's been great. It's been a perfect, uh, perfect, just what we needed. I mean, uh, you know, we, golf is one of the few things that we can do to, to kind of get out and enjoy the outside right now, so it's uh, it's been lovely for for this weather. Now, we're on from 12 to 2 today, so I'm going to guess that your tea time is 12.01 or 12.02. Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> In fact, it might be 1.50 and you and uh, Scully yeah. just do the last 10 on your own. I, I just Who knows, <laughs> right? right? Um, it is gorgeous out here. And, you know, golf is one of the silver linings in this strange environment we're living in right now. And uh, Lake Ridge Links, and Whispering Ridge, uh, like most of the golf courses right now in uh, in Ontario and in the Greater Toronto area, are just uh, thriving. Um, just a great uh, uh, wave of enthusiasm uh, back in the golf community. People playing, all different types of people playing. Junior programs thriving, uh, and we're going to get into this a little bit in hour one today. As I will welcome onto the program Ryan Starr, who's the vice president of marketing and customer relations for the the Bruce uh, Golf Rewards family. There's there's um, eight courses under the Bruce's Rewards umbrella: Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge. Two of them right here on this property. We'll speak to Ryan about the growth, the enthusiasm, some of the things they've got going on in hour one. We'll get you caught up on leaderboards, of course. Heritage going on, also uh, Corn Ferry Tour. On on a Wednesday to Saturday uh, tournament this week, a Saturday finish. I like that on the Corn Ferry Tour where they hand out the hardware on a different day other than Saturday, uh, Sunday. Excuse me. Why are all these tours competing uh, uh, with once in a, uh, one another? I'd love to see, Bob, a day where, okay, Sunday's hardware got handed out on, you know, PGA Tour, Saturday, Corn Ferry, Friday, LPGA. So we had a final round of golf kind of like three or four days in a row. Would that not make more sense from a fan interest? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I seem to recall the Corn Ferry Tour when it was the web tour finishing a couple times on Monday as well, which is probably an even better day because if you finish on, I mean, finishing Saturday is great because you get a little more attention, but on Monday you're not competing with the PGA Tour on any level. So 
Um, it's it's certainly a good option as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why more tours don't do it. I know Monday's not as great for viewing and stuff, but um, you, when you're when you're already kind of down low, you might might be a way to perk things up a bit. Yeah, and especially when your tour is tied to a Golf Channel contract and you're not dealing with network TV like the PGA Tour is dealing with around the world and certain obligations to over-the-top channels and things of that nature, uh, LPGA Tour, uh, Corn Ferry Tour, etc., the majority of their TV coverage is four rounds on the Golf Channel. So Golf Channel would love that coverage on a Monday uh, to have something to run on a Monday in a final round. So I'm with you, and you're right, Bob. They used to do the Monday finishes when the Web.com Tour used to kick off their season in the Bahamas, and they had that Caribbean swing to kick off their year. They'd hand them out on Mondays. They'd hand out the final round uh, hardware on a Wednesday. I loved it. Hour two today, we're going to jump into uh, a very cool topic. Tuesday, Phil Mickelson celebrated his 50th birthday for Lefty. We have a Twitter poll going right now. It's about to come to an end. We asked our Twitter audience, where does Phil Mickelson rank all time? Um, top 10, 11 to 15, 16 to 20, other. Uh, we'll get to those results Bob and Adam and I will tell you where we feel Phil should be and why. We'll also do an all-time Phil Mickelson winner's weird and what as well coming up in hour two. And boy, I don't think there is another player on the planet. Maybe Tiger. Tiger and Phil probably uh, 1A and 1B. Uh, where you could do, you could probably do an entire show of a career, Winner's Weird or What, <laughs> from Phil Mickelson. But we're going to do it for you in hour two. But let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Lots to get to, Bob. Let's start off with some positive news. And positive news means no positive results. Two weeks in a row. PGA Tour tests the players and caddies on location. We have zero positive tests for COVID virus at the RBC. And it looks like by the time we get to travelers, we are going to ramp up the testing and include volunteers and all media as well in the testing procedures on the PGA Tour. So far, so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's got to be number one on everybody's list right now is I'm sure when they get all those tests taken and you sit there and I'm sure the commissioner is just getting so nervous to make sure please no please no positives please no positives please no positives but it's good to know that they are uh, they are clean again for the second week and as you said they're going to ramp it up so um, when you get to your first tournament in Detroit I think it is I think you better be ready for the old uh, swab up the nose um, I talked to Corey Connors about it this week he said yeah it's not the most pleasant thing in the world and it kind of goes way back there and it makes you cry so uh just just be well, ready i'm italian bob i can cry italian <laughs> men are very emotional so a big deal maybe i'll i'll uh videotape it for you guys and we can put it out on the uh, golf talk canada instagram and twitter handle that that, that oh, now that's good tv right there <laughs> rory mcelroy not off to the best start today we will get to the rbc heritage we'll get the leaderboards but rory calling out a little bit of a call out to the European tour players and international players that were, oh, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, sour that we relaunched the official world golf ranking points with Colonial, the ones that did not make the trip over to this side of the pond because they weren't ready to lock down in a quarantine for 14 days prior 
to starting uh, their seasons back up. And Rory was uh, very open about it. He's saying, hey, um, if you know if you're not willing to quarantine for two weeks, then you're not taking your uh, career serious enough. And he's also saying, listen, you guys have the means to rent the most beautiful homes and keep your family safe in the best communities. Uh, it's more of a shame on you was kind of the, the spin that Rory was giving back. Yeah, and it was to me it was a bit of a weird call out because I know, you know, if you if you look at some of the situations that these guys are in, like Lee Westwood said he would come over for two, be able to play come over quarantine for two weeks, be able to play, and then he'd have to go home because he has he's playing in a European tour over there event that I think he's connected with. So it's it's kinda like, you know, nine weeks to play six weeks kind of thing, that's the way I think it was explained. And I'm not sure, you know, it's great for Rory because he's already here. He doesn't have to quarantine. I do get his idea though that look this is this is where everything is is going to be right now this is where the the world is going to play golf for the next little while it's going to be in the US so if you really want to make something of it of your career then this is where you should be Yeah I can see both sides of this occasion and there were a few kind of backhand remarks on social media uh, when a Colonial launched last week and players and, and media were su- suggesting the strength of the field and how great it is. And there were a few backhanded remarks, and I wonder if that poked the bear with Rory. And speaking about poking the bear with Rory, you know, he was asked this week about problems on Sundays. Rory says he goes out, tries to play his best round whenever he can. He doesn't see a problem on Sunday. He remembers a few years back people talking about problems on Friday. I disagree, Bob. I think the proof are, uh, proof's in the numbers, and you laid out the numbers for us on Tuesday, how high his Sunday uh, scoring average is comp- uh, compared to Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. So I think there is something to this. Rory not acknowledging it. I think the one thing that we have to be careful about this is also to to look at the fact that he's had a whole bunch of really good Sundays and and that probably doesn't get as much notice. It's just he puts himself in position to win so many times. He is up near the top of the leaderboard after play so many times on Saturday that we notice this so much more. Let's not forget what he did at Hamilton last year, shooting 61 in the final round on a Sunday. So I, I think there's he's got enough... Uh, armor on him now after playing for so many years and 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 you know as you pointed out for a while there it was a friday round that was my bad round that he it doesn't bother him it may there it may actually be some there's something something there like you're saying but i don't think it's bugging him in any way shape or form although something's bugging him today so because <laughs> he's not playing yeah. very well <laughs> you know and for me i don't disagree with him about his performance on sundays but i'm looking at this as more a smaller sample size this is a mo- more recent thing i'm talking about 2019 2020 pga tour season we had a large bucket of top fives one victory some real sloppy play on sunday that became more than sloppy play became uh, worse than that last Sunday so I get it Bob Rory to win as much as he's won to do what he's done you know he's had to have had great Sunday rounds perfect example is what happened to RBC that's a year ago though that RBC final round is a year ago and unfortunately for Rory McIlroy when you're as big as him it's a game of what have you done for me lately DL3 Bob you see this uh, now that we're going six and six with Stricker with the captain's picks for Team USA, DL3 says, nah, 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 Nicholas had it right. Let's just go top 12. Top 12 qualify. Let's get on with it. Agree or disagree? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, look, like, it, how many times have they done this where it is just the next guys <laughs> on the list, right? I mean, when you have right. two picks, so let's take let's take eleven and twelve, or when it's three picks, let's take ten, eleven, and twelve. I mean, it's it is right. I mean, I know that they want to try and do some things with uh, uh, with with like team chemistry and stuff like that, but I I don't know. I I don't think there's I think team chemistry can come when when all guys are playing really well. You find a way to like your your neighbor. If it, now, if it was the European team, or if it was the Presidents Cup international team, I can see it being a little bit more complicated because they play different tours, they get different points, they speak different languages. You know, so maybe you want to try and massage that a little bit more. But but for the U.S. team, yeah, look, their twelve is going to be as good as any twelve you can pick. And I'm telling you right now, Bob, if, it, if, if I was the captain today, right now, I would just go 1 to 12, and it would be hard to make an argument to go outside of that. So you're right. Maybe they're trying to make a story out of something that just isn't a story. On the other side, what is a big story right now, first round of the RBC Heritage. We're going to hear from a couple of players. In fact, we're going to hear from a player that I sat this week and starred him, sit him, and a player that Bob started for the week in stardom, sit him. We'll hear from both of them. We'll take a, a little peek at the leaderboard. I'm on location, Lake Ridge Links, Whispering Ridge in Durham. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Uh, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Thursday edition, Zucchino and Week. Zucchino on location, Lake Ridge Links, Whisper, Whispering Ridge, 36-hole facility here in Durham. Bob, really easy for me to get here today. They've got the new Lake Ridge Road exit off the 401. I call it new because I think it's only about a year old, but man, just boom. Straight shot east for me on the 401, straight shot north for me off Lake Ridge Road. Uh, I think I was here in about 25, 30 minutes. It's a beautiful day, and they're rocking it out here. T-sheet is uh, just jammed, and the course looks great. i got to tell you, that that's something we haven't really talked about. Uh, there are some superintendents out there, and the courses look great, but I like that little hint of brown. But I know that there are some superintendents out there right now, Bob, that are praying for some rain. Yeah, uh, maybe you want to look at the forecast for next week. I think they're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it looks like it's is coming it one in. Of those, is it watch what you wish for because you might just get it? Is it one of yeah, those? Yeah, look, it looks like the monsoon may be approaching, but uh, we'll believe that when we see it, of course, with the weather. But, uh, yeah, I think that we, could use, uh, we could use a little splash of water on there. And I know, um, I know everyone wants to fill up their tea sheets, and, boy, are they filling up everywhere across this country, and, and especially in, in our area here. But uh, but maybe a day a day a down day with uh, with umbrellas up or something like that to to green things up just a touch. 
Yeah, well, it, again, eventually it's going to come, but the courses are in amazing shape and no difference here over at Lake Ridge Links. In fact, I'm staring out at it as we speak, wondering why am I doing this instead of out there hitting that white ball around the big green field. RBC Heritage, Harbortown Golf Links, Hilton Head. Look who's on top of the leaderboard, Ian Poulter. Seven under par he opens with. He's in the clubhouse, Sebastian Munoz. We'll do a deeper uh, look into the leaderboard coming up later in the show. Jordan Spieth, another great round. Look at that, Bob. Two weeks in a row. Spieth on a leaderboard in contention. Obviously, what we're figuring out early in this reboot is there are players that worked very hard in the last three months, and there are players that uh, win the uh, Cheesies or Dorito Open so far. <laughs> Jordan Spieth, by the way, had a, had a triple bogey on his card and still shot 66. Reeled off six straight birdies, the longest birdie streak of his career. So um, he's sort of like last week. Remember, he had the four putt and still shot a good round. And I don't know what's going on. The name that jumped out to me, though, was pretty cool. Was uh, is he's only through 15 holes, but Ernie Els is, is just too off the lead right now. Good for old, yeah, unbelievable. old Ernie. I know I saw Ernie L's name up there, and when it comes to Jordan Spieth, like you said, if he starts cleaning up the mistakes, we might be right back into the old Jordan. But again, cleaning up mistakes are not just the easiest thing in the world to do. Okay, more huge names in this one. Uh, it's been a great field last week, great field this week. Uh, big names in the world all playing golf. Uh, we did uh, Stardom Sidem on Tuesday. We're going to do it again in hour two for the afternoon wave. But this week, I decided to sit Dustin Johnson, Bob, and I know that's a big name to bench, but he missed the cut last week. Colonial, not his type of golf course. I don't really think DJ has been grinding in the hours during this COVID break. Um, Harbortown, a very similar golf course to Hilton Head in the sense that it's not about distance. You play the course backwards, green to tee, find your angles, put it in the fairway. A lot of patience at Harbortown. It just doesn't speak DJ to me, so I decided to put him on the bench. He'll go out this afternoon at 12.54. He had a chance to speak to the media about this golf course, how good it is, and how difficult it will play. It's a great golf course. You know, you got to do everything really well around here. It's real small greens. You know, the fairways are, are just really narrow. You got to, you know, and, and on a lot of holes, you got to hit it in the, you know, right or left side of the fairway just to have a shot um, at the green. So, you know, driving's a big part, but you got to hit, you know, irons off the tee, three woods, you know, drivers, it, you know, it all depends. And then the par threes are, are pretty tough. So, you know, it's just a good all-around golf course. It's going to play different now that we're playing it in the summer and not in, you know, in April. You know, so, but, you know, it's it's something that, you know, the golf course obviously haven't, hasn't changed, just the grass has. And so it'll play a little different, but it's still going to play difficult. Well, the one thing DJ has going for him, Bob, is he's got the right shield on the sleeve. That RBC shield, RBC winners have done so well at this event. Uh, multiple, multiple RBC winners at Furick and Kucher and McDowell. Uh, the, yeah, the Snedeker. list is deep. Snedeker, <laughs> gee, I forgot Sneds. Uh, the list is pretty deep. And this next uh, player also wears the shield. Now, I misspoke in the previous uh, break. I said you were going to start Webb Simpson, or you started him this week on your stardom, sit-em, sit-em. But you actually started Webb last week, and it was Scully who started Simpson this week. So you, I think you were on the Kisner bandwagon to start Kiz mm -hmm. this week. Simpson with Scully. Uh, you got to think, listen – 
Simpson did not have the start to the year, he uh, reboot year, I should say, last week. But this is a Webb Simpson golf course. you got to think he would do well around here. He had the opportunity to speak to the media on the state of his game. Yeah, you know, I thought the tour did a really, really good job and all the local, you know, volunteer staff at Colonial uh, for making it as pretty seamless as possible for us. Um, there was a lot that went into it, um, I'm well aware, and a lot of moving parts, a lot of new stuff that we had to um, kind of go through. And, you know, I, I didn't think it could have gone any better. Um, obviously, I would have liked to have played better. The golf course was great, but I think for me, um, I thought I would be ready. And I think that first round, it was just a slow start for me, um, kind of getting used to everything with no fans. and. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I draw a lot of momentum from the crowd, and I know everybody deals with that differently. So it's something to get used to, but, um, yeah, glad to kind of have the first week behind me and kind of get back on track this week, I hope. Bob, I find that very interesting from Webb Simpson. He would not have been one of the players that I would have put in the John Rom, Phil Mickelson column of guys that feed off the live crowd and was slightly affected, so to speak, from the no spectators on property last week at Colonial. He'll deal with the same thing this week at Harbortown. Webb Simpson surprised you that he put himself in that category in that interview? A little bit, yeah, because he's a very quiet guy. He's kind of a laid-back, you know. He's an absolutely charming guy, but he's never really one guy sort of a raw, raw, pump-me-up kind of thing. Um, but uh, but that, that missed cut last week was a little strange. That's the first time he's missed a cut in over a year. And uh, and so, you know, he's just Mr. Consistent out there. This tournament is great for him. He's played he's made, he's played it ten times, made the cut uh, nine times. And, and the last, last three finishes, tied 11, tied 5th, tied 16th. So uh, Skelly's on to something this week. A lot of Canadians in the field this week, obviously with the RBC connection. Roger Sloan on the golf course, he is one under par. We're going to have a huge wave of Canadiana in the afternoon. Um, to me, Bob, this still screams Corey Connors' golf course, just like it did last week, and he had a great week. Who are you going with low Canadian this week? Yeah, I, I think it's hard not to put Corey Connors in there, although he's never made the cut here in three appearances, which is which is just so strange. Uh, I had a little chance to chat with him on Tuesday, and he was saying how he really thinks now he's kind of figured out the golf course, and he thinks that's the biggest uh, the biggest part of playing well here at Harbor Town is that you just got to figure it out. Interesting to note that Adam Hadwin will likely get some TV time this afternoon because yes. he's be wearing the microphone. So we might uh, we might see some Canadian Canadiana, as you said. We might see them on the leaderboard. We might actually see them on the TV for a change too. You know what I'd love, Bob, with Adam Hadwin wearing the microphone? I hope he just feeds the Canadian uh, stereotypes to the rest of the world. I hope we get four and a half hours of him talking about 7% beer and hockey for four and a half hours on, on the telecast. It says A a lot. It says A a lot. All right, Bob, on the other side, I'm going to be joined by Ryan Starr. He's the Vice President of Marketing and Customer Relations for the uh, Bruce Rewards Golf Group, including right here at Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge. They've got a booming business, and the enthusiasm in the golf industry is has just been a great wave, a wonderful story in a, in a time where uh, we could all use some positive news. Uh, Ryan will join me next, talk about the things happening here at Lake Ridge within their Bruce's Rewards Golf Community, and just golf in general. Maybe certain things that we need to look forward to as a community, Bob. I remember the Tiger Woods wave way back in the day in 97, 98, 99, and everybody thought this is going to be the new normal 
we woke up one day and a lot of those Tiger players, you know, they stuck with the broadcast, but they never played again. We lost them from a participation standpoint. So what do we do to keep them in the game? We're going to get to it all next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Another beautiful day in southern Ontario. Blue skies, gorgeous day to go play golf. It just seemed to be just the best stretch of weather maybe I can remember through a May-June if you're a golfer in the province of Ontario. And really one of the silver linings in the world of golf right now is the excitement around golf and the participation levels up in golf. And uh, that is the story here as well at Lake Ridge Links. Of course, there's Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge, part of the Bruce Golf Rewards family, also part of the SmartGolfDeals.com family. And with me now is the gentleman who is the vice president of marketing and customer relations uh, for that group, as well as the golf director here at Lake Ridge Links is Ryan Starr. Ryan, thanks so much, man, for jumping in with me here. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's great. Um, are you, a, I don't want to say surprise because, you know, a lot of us, I'm a rah-rah guy. I've never been the, and there are, as you know, probably better than anybody, there's a lot of the Debbie Downers in our industry, right? I've never been that guy. I've always been the positive guy. So when this was going down, I was starting to buy into the narrative or at least promote the narrative. Well, hold on. Golf might be one of the only things you could do. You know, golf's going to thrive. Golf's going to lead. And, you know, you push it and you support as much as you can, hoping that part of it is true. I did not expect it to be like it is right now. When you were preparing for all the COVID environment that you're currently preparing for, by the way, because you're opening up patios and restaurants, and we'll get to that soon. When you were preparing for all that, were you anticipating this kind of excitement from a T-sheet standpoint and participation standpoint? For sure not. Uh, we had, uh, we had, you know, obviously preparation and, and ideas of what we thought was going to happen. And from there, it's just exploded. Uh, the biggest thing we're seeing right now is not only players who probably haven't picked the clubs up in the last four or five years. The first first few days out, we saw a lot of dust on clubs and they've been in the corner of the garage. But we're seeing a lot of families and that's the big one. We're seeing the big spike. So that's amazing. Uh, it's grown junior golf. We're seeing a massive spike in our in our programs all across the Bruce's Club family. And we're just seeing a, an ultimate growth of golf right now, which is exciting and it's really, really cool to see. See, what you're telling me gives me hope because I was talking to Bob in, in the previous segment about, you know, I remember the Tiger boom. I remember the growth there. We as an industry thought, well, that's the new norm and not, and most of it didn't stick. It stuck from a professional level on a broadcast standpoint. But most of the people that kind of went out and played golf because they saw Tiger do it, once they got out there, they realized, man, this is nothing like what I'm seeing on TV. The type of growth you're talking about with kids who can learn anything, families, 
uh, getting people out on the golf course for maybe different reasons of engagement. I'm, when you say that to me, I get a, a kind of almost a, a, a wave of encouragement that a lot of this might actually stick compared to the last time. I think so for sure. It's, it's, it first became the biggest outlet, right? Ability to, to play golf, ability to get outside, ability to get out of your home, which hadn't happened in so many weeks. And from there, you're seeing now repeat golfers. You're seeing players that are not only playing once a week, they're now playing twice a week. Job situations have changed. They might have a little bit more flexibility in their schedules, but we're seeing a ton of people playing multiple rounds of golf at our facilities, which is amazing. So it's not one hit wonders. We're seeing them start to play, booking additional tee times, wanting to play additional weeks. And, and so far we're continuing to see that, which is amazing. Okay, tell us a little bit about the junior camps and the programs. Cause yeah. I know that's been a monster success for you uh, so far. And it's, it's been, it's not just a, a COVID thing. This is a ramp up thing for what, last five years? Five yeah. years, yeah. So 2014, uh, Jake Patty and I became business partners of Geared to Golf. So local Durham region, coaching players, uh, working with players of all levels, uh, kind of where our, uh, our sweet spot was, was, was golf camps. So last year we did 260 kids in golf camps. This year um, we're looking at similar numbers, but making some modifications to follow the protocols and make sure that the people are safe and, and we're doing it properly. But we're seeing a massive spike of people just wanting to get their kids into the game, which is awesome. That's awesome. I'm with Ryan Starr, who is the, the director of golf right here at Lake Ridge Links, as well as vice president of marketing for the Bruce Golf Rewards. If you're interested in Lake Ridge Links, you should check it out. I, I'm familiar with the, both courses here. I, I love the Lake Ridge Links course. We were talking about you flip the nines for COVID purposes, but the normal finish, the last four holes are outstanding here. It's LakeRidgeLinks.com. Bruce's uh, golf rewards as well. Give, give us the list of courses under the umbrella, right? Because yeah, I know most of it's uh, an eastern footprint, and I know probably of a lot of our listeners are familiar with a lot of their pro your properties, but like me, probably don't realize how many are under. For sure, for sure. So if you go west to east, we, we lie with Annandale Golf and Curling Club, Riverside Golf Club and Ajax, and then Pickering Golf Club, which was the old seat yeah. property. Uh, then from there, if we come across, we're at Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge. And then we hit Winchester Golf Club in Brooklyn, as well as El Dorado, which is where uh, Ted Reader is now located, which is our uh, Ted Reader Barbecue, the joint. That's opening next Thursday. And then Stonehenge Golf Club, which is in Bowmanville. Yeah, so that's a nice footprint. I, in my first golf lesson I ever took, uh, I think it was 10 years old, Kevin Thistle at the old Seton Golf Club. So very familiar with, with all the names you just listed. All right, so now we get to open up again. So you've got, you, I know you've got a lot of successful uh, ladies' offerings, men's offerings, uh, different programs for everybody. The junior one is already a huge success. Tee sheet is is rammed. Uh, great enthusiasm. Twelve minutes of part two, which I love. I hope as. I really hope as a community, we stick around this 12 number, 10, okay. I hope we don't see days of eight anymore. I think jamming T-sheets all day at 12 minutes, guess what? We're all done in four and a half hours. You said it to me off the air when I pulled up today. You said, Mark, we're running at four and a half on Lake Ridge Links and three and a half on Whistler. Is that correct? And that would be top end. So if you give an example from when I just came over from the golf shop today, we're running at 355 on Lake Ridge today, which go. is incredible. 355 on a crowded golf course. And why? Because a crowded golf course doesn't need to be a six-hour experience. When you're running at 12 minutes and when you're properly managed, like you're managing this facility here, it could be an experience you want to do again right away. And when you're on a golf course for six hours, especially to some of the people we're introducing to the game, 
it, it feels sometimes maybe like going to war. Forget to go play the sport, man. This is a hard game. I think you guys are doing it right. I think it's a great job, and I'm seeing more of it with the 12-minute spacing, and I hope we learn something as a community. Okay, Ryan, we're about to enter the next stage of this, especially for you because you're over in Durham. I live in Toronto. Uh, I believe my patios are opening October 1st. So I might drive out to have a beer with you here so I can I can be on your patio. Uh, you've got the barbecue, the joint at El Dorado. Um, and you were telling me about some of the challenges. I don't say challenges, but you want to do it right. You want to be, uh, uh, you know, you want to follow the health and safety practices like you have done from day one to open the golf course. You're starting to open the patios now. New, new layer of challenges. For sure, for sure. It's 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 a mapping plan. You're ma- you're making sure that everyone is not only safe on the golf course, they're safe from the time they arrive to the time they leave the facility, and making sure that the patio is spaced out in a way that that is correct, gives everyone an opportunity to be safe, but also enjoy themselves. And that's the, that's ultimately the key. Um, what we what we're doing here at Lakeridge is we're just adding some different tables to different spots, and then still allowing them to use the barbecue as they come through nine. Uh, so it's just been just planning. All we've done from from start of this season when when we got the go ahead is just making sure that every step we had was planned, thought, and worked out within the group to make sure everyone was on the same page. Golf courses are in great shape. They look great. Is your super bugging you for saying praying for some rain? He is a little bit. <laughs> I would be lying to you if he wasn't. But uh, but super excited that the golf course is uh, is taking the shape it has this year. So he's pretty excited. Bruce's GolfRewards.com is the umbrella website. LakeRidgeLinks.com. Go to LakeRidgeLinks.com if you want. Lake Ridge Links, Whispering Ridge. Ryan Starr is his name. Ryan, thanks so much for taking the time. And uh, hopefully the next time we do this, we can do this next summer. And all this is behind us. And we can bring out the full mobile studio with the banners and do like a, a full day out here with you guys. That would be great. It. So, I love it. Anytime you guys want to come back. Ryan Starr. On the other side, leaderboard updates from around the world of golf in 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues and I got a story for Bob about my sim driver and my good buddy Dave Hempstead that I'm sure Bob will get a kick out of. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on leaderboards around the world of golf. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Cedarbrae Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley, minutes from downtown Toronto, flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedarbrae Golf Club. Join cedarbraegolf.com for more information. And do not forget, there are only two days left in their 50% off initiation offer. If you're thinking of joining, you're thinking of joining Cedarbrae, 
half price extends two more days and that half price has a long-term finance plan as well attached to it so go to cedarbraygolf.com corn ferry tour back in action just down the road from sawgrass this week the king and the bear classic at the world golf village vince india he is your leader 63 uh, to open his round there through two rounds now he's still halfway through his second round of course this one uh, gets handed out the hardware on Saturday it is a Wednesday to Saturday event on the Corn Ferry Tour he's got a one-shot lead over a host of players that include Chris Kirk Taylor Pendrith only two back three holes left waving the Canadian flag on the Corn Ferry Tour go Taylor RBC Heritage Ian Poulter, seven under par, 64. He opens up his championship. He's got a one-shot lead over Sebastian Munoz at six under. And look who's on this leaderboard. One of the young guns, Victor Hovland, six under par as well. One off the pace. Mark Hubbard, six under. Matthew uh, Neesmith, five under. Jordan Spieth in the clubhouse alongside Tony Finau at five under par host of other players as well at five under par including ernie ells what year did i wake up in when it comes to ernie ells now champions tour eligible but going low at rbc heritage roger sloan one under par on the golf course through 15 holes rory mcelroy posting a one over par 72 to start his championship Bit of a head-scratcher there from Rory in his opening round. There will be a huge Canadian wave in the afternoon, as well as some big names, including Dustin Johnson. All right, Bob, we will do uh, stardom and sit uh, alongside uh, 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 Skulls, Adam Skelly, in the uh, second hour. Excuse me. I was trying to pull up here. There, that's what I'm trying to pull up. I was trying to pull up who we started and who we sat. So on Tuesday, we did stardom, sit-em. I started uh, Justin Rose, who will be off in the afternoon, and I'm sitting Dustin Johnson. Adam was starting Webb, sitting Hideki. You were starting Kiz and sitting Sabatini. So we'll get those numbers off the top of hour two, and then we'll take a look at the afternoon wave. Um, are you surprised at the low scoring again out of the gates? This was something we talked about last week. We thought that might be a little sloppy. In fact, we got the opposite. We're getting the opposite again from different names this week. Yeah, not really. I mean, these guys are good, is the old advertising slogan for the PGA Tour used to say. And, uh, and I think... You know, some of the guys we expected are, are there. The Ian Poulter's no stranger to this golf course. He's played it well before, as we've talked about before. Although uh, Tony Finau, who's five under, is not doesn't really fit the description of a, of a marksman. He's more of a power player. So that's the one thing that does surprise me is kind of the different styles of games of players who are up there. And um, and also Jordan Spieth's round of, <laughs> of 66 that included a triple bogey after he, uh, he hit a tee shot right on... 13, I think it was, or 12 or 13, to hit a tree and went out of bounds. I've seen a few of those. I saw Ricky Fowler go out of bounds today. Uh, uh, Roger Sloan hit one out of bounds today. So there's the trees are, are, are playing a factor here so far in the early going. Well, most of our stardoms and sit-ems have not uh, actually touched a club yet for the day officially and are on the golf course, although your stardom, Kevin Kisner, Bob, 
Lovely little start of a three under par 68. So uh, your stardom uh, looking quite well there with Kevin Kisner. And he said to you how much he loved this golf course and was very open with the media. And when a guy calls out a golf course and says he loves it, uh, you should probably be listening to him. Okay, I got a story for you you're going to love, Bob. I had the opportunity to uh, go play golf the other day with my, my good friend uh, Dave Hemstead and Dave Mary. And uh, thank you to our friends at uh, Meadowbrook that had us up there. We went and played golf up at Meadowbrook. I haven't been there in years. Course is in great shape. But, you know, normally, you know, I hit the ball a long way, as you know. But Hammer is kind of like, you know, in between Scully and I. Like, Hammer is almost as long as Adam. Uh, I would say that Adam is now probably flying it by me by, you know, on average 20 yards in it by me and hammer and sorry, Scully's hit it about 20 by me and hammer's about 10 on average, maybe 15, especially last year. So we go out and play and I'm just killing that sim driver. I'm flying it further than I ever have before. I'm hitting it past hammer all day. I can tell you it's getting under his skin. Guess where hammer is today, Bob? If I had to give you one guess after he watched me fly it by him all day, take a guess where hammer is. Uh, actually, tomorrow morning, 945. Guess where he's going? Yeah, he's up at TaylorMade getting fit, I'm yeah. sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. It did not take long, did it? That does not. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, I just would have loved to have had a camera out there so you could have seen his face. But yeah, he emails me today and he, I could just tell the tone in his email that it was, he was still bothered by it. He's on his way up to the performance lab up in uh, Woodbridge and, uh, and he's getting uh, fitted for a sim and I'm sure, uh, something else as well, knowing him. So Davey, if you're listening, I hope, uh, I hope you find those extra 10 back so you can get it by me again. Cause I know how much it upsets you. See, these things upset him, Bob. They don't upset me. I've got so many voices yelling at me in my head. I don't notice these kinds of things typically. So, uh, 20 weeks tailor made continue. And speaking of sim, we're giving away the sim max this Saturday. Of course, golf talk Canada is back in our regular time slot, eight to 10 a.m. Uh, this Saturday morning, uh, national time slot. I believe Mr. Weeks has a weekend off. Is that correct, Bob, this Saturday? It'll just be Adam and I? It is. It's just the two of you guys. I'm really leaving you guys in charge, and I expect to hear uh, you re- to regale me as I'm driving to the golf course. Well, I hope you I hope you have a wonderful day on the golf course. And part of the reason that Bob is taking this Saturday off is we're giving his driver away, and I'm sure he's holding on to it with <laughs> with both hands. We're giving away a Sim Max driver, 20 weeks of TaylorMade this week. All you need to do is follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Golf Talk Canada. If you follow us at Golf Talk Canada, if you do it already, you're already entered. We're giving away close to 20,000 in tailor-made product throughout the uh, year uh, as we crescendo at the U.S. Open in the grand finale. Uh, we will give away a custom set through the bag, putter, irons, driver, wedges, bag. You'll be treated like a tour player for the day and walk away with uh, the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. And that will be our grand prize to anyone who follows us on social media at Golf Talk Canada for the rest of the year on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Golf Talk Canada TV returns August 1st. Bob, we're returning to TV. Now, I noticed that uh, Lindsay Hamilton, I saw, post something the other day. She was back in studio for SportsCenter. So I see that some of our studios are starting to open up, back up at the mothership. I know you went in to do, I think, some voiceover work the other day. 
I'm starting to feel a little warm and fuzzy, a little encouraged that by August 1st, when we go back to TV, and by the way, we'll be going back to television in a radio format, uh, two hours live Golf Talk Canada radio, Saturday morning, August 1st, will also be broadcast, simulcast on TSN2 television. And then later that week, Bob and I will be at the podium for our weekly TV show. I'm starting to feel, Bob, that we might be in studio. What do you think? Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, there's been some uh, some sightings in the studio. I did um, Sports Center on the weekend with... Jennifer Hedger and she was in the studio and she was before we actually started rolling. She said that it was looked very different. A lot, uh, a lot of uh, glass separations between workstations, which you might expect. It's a pretty crowded environment in that newsroom, so they've got uh, they've got it pretty much uh, locked down in terms of social distancing and those kind of things. But uh, yeah, it's a positive sign. I I literally went in the building, walked to the voiceover booth, which is very close to the door. Uh, and I was in and out in about 10 minutes, so I didn't spend much time in there, which is kind of what they've asked us to do. So, But it's nice. It would be great to be back in the podium and, and making it feel a little bit normal when we get back to starting with, uh, with Golf Talk Canada on TV. Yeah, we had a couple of people reach out to us as well uh, on social media asking us when we're coming back uh, actually this week. So August 1st, Golf Talk Canada Radio, Saturday morning. That also broadcasts on TSN2, so we're back on TV Saturday morning. And then later that week, we'll be back in studio for our regular uh, TV program as we will be previewing, Bob, the PGA Championship. The first major of the season will be our kickoff to our weekly uh, TV uh, season. I wonder, maybe they'll just have us in a glass box, which is okay for you and I. In fact, in fact for me, they could just get like a the, the little glass container that they put on top of the pastry dish to cover up the pastries. That would work for me. I'm more worried about Scully. Can you imagine the size of the box that we'd have to build Oof. for Scully? Like Double XL. <laughs> that is a lot of plexiglass for Scully. Now, That's right. speaking of the Skulls, Skulls will join us with Stardom Sidham. And I'm looking for an hour or two, Bob, because I never make it a secret. I'm a big Phil Mickelson fan. He turned 50 on Tuesday. You know, do you think we'll see him? I don't think we'll see him on the Champions Tour. Maybe at a, a Champions U.S. Maybe a, a senior U.S. Open down the road might not surprise me. But I don't see Phil on the Champions Tour. Do you? Nope. We lose Bob. I think we lost Bob for a second. There I am. I'm okay. back. Sorry. Oh, no, back again. Do, did you, do you think we'll ever I... see Phil peg it up on the Champions Tour? Yeah, you know, they all say they never will, but they all end up doing it at some point. I think maybe when he, I don't think he'll do it the first couple of years, uh, you know, two or three years. But I, I think, you know, when some of those senior majors go up there and when some of the uh, the sponsors maybe uh, entice him a little bit to show up, I think he will. But it's not going to be for a little while, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think maybe the first time around, senior U.S. Open might be the spot for lefty. All right, on the other side, Skelly's going to join us. Start him, sit him. Then we'll take a look at Phil's career. Where does he place all time? We'll get to those Twitter poll results in hour two. Some of you might be surprised where our Twitter audience has put Phil all time. Then an all three dub winners, weird and what, all time Phil Mickelson. All coming up next in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. 
Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Hour 2. I'm on location, Lake Ridge Links Golf Club, along with... Whispering Ridge out here in Durham, part of the Bruce Rewards Golf Group on location, staring out a lovely sunny golf course. And I'm guessing that Adam Scully, who is joining Bob and I for hour two, uh, maybe as a three o'clock tea time. Adam, am I right? Am I close? What's going on this afternoon? No, you know what? Actually, I am not playing golf today. I played golf. So th this is the great thing about June. We teed off last night at 5.30. We were finished Love by it. nine. Probably had another 25 minutes of light or so. Uh, it was great to get out and play so late during the day because as you guys were mentioning in hour one, it is hot out there. I was actually out working out about uh, 90 minutes or so ago and I'm glad I worked out in the morning outside and not at four o'clock when I typically do because it is hot. Bob, I'm sure with your running schedule, you're either running super early or super late in the day. You know, it's uh, it, you're talking about the it's staying light late. It also it also gets light early and that's when I do my running. I'm usually out by 5.30, quarter to six now to get on the road and then, uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. It's uh, the longest days of the year. You can get a lot done. Uh -huh. You know, my sure. I'm working out too, guys, a little later in the day. I did it yesterday around 5, 5.30. My right arm is killing me. I had three Aperol <laughs> spritz and a glass of red with dinner. And, uh, and the problem is my right arm gets larger than my left, so I need to... Uh, Maybe bear down on this a little bit. Double more. fisting. All right, boys. Double fisting. That's what you mean. One of each hand. Balance. Balance, Mark. Oh. Well, speaking of balance, that's a great segue, Bob, because we like to start them and we like to sit them. And what we want is our stardoms to go low and our sit-ems to go high. Uh, and what we're getting right now is not a lot of action really from our picks this week so far on the golf course. So just to remind everybody what we did on Tuesday is uh, Bob started Kevin Kisner. He's three under par. Uh, Rory Sabatini has just started his uh, first round. He's through two holes at even. So really the sit-em, we don't know a lot uh, from Bob's sit-em as yet. Both my stardom and sit'em have barely got on the golf course. I sat Dustin Johnson. He just started a minute ago. Justin Rose will go in about two minutes' time. So not a lot of information from my Rose and, and DJ uh, pairing as well. And same for you, Skulls. Your sit'em, Hideki Matsuyama, just getting started. 
and your stardom, Webb Simpson. I am looking for Webb to find out when he gets going he's or actually, is he just started. He's actually one under through one. So uh, there you go. Okay, on. fifty-four watch. So the fifty-four. Yep. So not a lot of uh, not a lot to report on on our picks from Tuesday. Our general picks for the entire uh, wave of this golf tournament. But Adam, let's start with you. Looking at the afternoon wave and avoiding maybe the guys that we obviously mm-hmm. avoiding the guys we've already picked. Is there somebody in the afternoon wave if yeah if on Tuesday, in other words on Tuesday, if I had given you two more names to pick, what, what would it, where would you have gone? Yeah, 100% here. So these are two names that we actually spoke a lot about last week because of weight loss and weight gain. On the stardom side of things, Gary Woodland. Um, yes, he's one of the long bombers on tour, but at, at the RBC Heritage, you're going to need a lot of you know, two irons, four irons, five irons, three woods off the tee just to get it in play. Watching Rory McIlroy play some of his round, I was watching it this morning on Golf TV, and it, it's so tight. Balls are going out of bounds left, right, and center. Patrick Reed hit a couple squirrely shots out there. You're just going to need to hit fairway. So Gary Woodland is on my stardom side of things. We've seen him hit that stinger from time to time. Maybe a hellacious seed, maybe not quite there on, on Phil's spectrum, but more of a stinger for Gary Woodland. Uh, he's my stardom. My sit on the other side of the weight game, Bryson DeChambeau. I just don't see how you're going to try to hit 360-yard bombs on this course. We saw his putting stroke last week. At times it was great, at times it faltered. I know you guys think the same thing. It just looks awkward. He just, his arms are so straight and it just doesn't seem comfortable at all. But uh, Bryson DeChambeau is 122nd on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy thus far this season. I am going to sit Bryson DeChambeau. What do you think, Mark? I, I can't disagree with either of those picks. I, I, I don't think this is a DeChambeau-style golf course. And uh, the only thing I'll say about him looking uncomfortable over the putter, Adam, is I can't relate to anyone who ever looks comfortable <laughs> putting. I, I just, I, even on my best putting days, I am guessing everything. For me, guys, how do you not start Sun JM almost any week now? So, like, you could almost pick Sun JM, just plug him in, plug him in, plug him in, with maybe the rare occasion when we get to a major where some experience around a guy and things like that you know might be more valid but week in and week out on the pga tour hard not to start sun jm all day long on the sinum side of things um that that's a tougher one right now because most of the guys to be honest with you that i wasn't comfortable with or most of the guys that i felt um you know, we're going to bring it, so to speak. They're already kind of on the golf course for me. Uh, like I said, DJ, there was a couple of the guys that you suggested this week we should sit. I was kind of also on the same uh, bad wagon. I guess I worry a little bit about Ryan Palmer. I have a question mark uh, uh, around Ryan Palmer simply because uh, last week was a big week for him. In a way, he's a little bit of the unofficial host last week, and you just wonder what a Ryan Palmer has in the tank for a week like this at RBC Heritage. But that's probably where I'd go. Bob, uh, afternoon wave, anything jump out at you? Well, I put together a couple of notes here, and uh, and actually one of the interesting ones, I was going to take Bryson DeChambeau because, uh, even though Scully is sitting him, because in his last four last four appearances here, 2016, he tied for fourth. 2017, he missed the cut. 2018, he tied for third. 2019, he missed the cut. So I figure he's probably wow. going to be tied for second this this week, <laughs> <laughs> just based on just based on natural progression. But I didn't I didn't throw him in there. My two 
My two picks, though, I went with Shane Lowry, the Open champion, who tied for third here last year. And there were a couple of stats that kind of tweaked my interest in him. One is that he's 24th in greens and regulation, and he's 21st in strokes gained off the tee. So, you know, he's a uh, he is a bit of a big hitter, but he's also a, a, a bit of a, a, sh- a sharpshooter as well. So I like that combination around this golf course. So he was going to be my... Um, my stardom and he is actually on the tee first hole as we speak the guy i'm going to sit is uh go back to the president's cup last year from mexico abraham answer um and the same kind of stats he is 83rd in driving accuracy which isn't terrible but it's not great and 108th in greens and reg so you know the greens at this golf course are so small they're 3700 square feet on average uh, for comparison, sawgrass is 5,500 square feet. So you can see, though, how tiny they are. They're kind of like Pebble Beach around this place. So I don't know about, about missing a lot of greens. So I'm going to sit Abraham answer. He's uh, even through four holes so far. Yeah, Bob, I was going to say, as far as I'm aware, the only golf course that we play on a regular basis on the PGA Tour that has smaller greens than uh, than here at Harbortown is Pebble Beach. And like you said, it's not by much. It's very uh, very similar in terms of uh, greens and reg numbers around this golf course. Uh, one note, guys, before we go to the break and hit the Phil Mickelson switch, guess who opened up with a 68 and looks like he's uh, on his way of making another cut again? Colin Morikawa. So, Bob, mm-hmm. you remember that conversation about scar tissue? Apparently, yep. uh, apparently, I was looking for a narrative that wasn't there, Bob. When you when you're young, it just washes off, Mark. That's, That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, boys. On the other side, where does Phil Mickelson stand all time? Where do you two have them and why? What was the formula you used, your, your, your thought process? And we'll get to our Twitter results on where our Twitter universe puts Phil all time as well. And then we'll jump into an all-time Phil, Winners Weird and What, as we celebrate Phil's 50th birthday that happened this Tuesday, the legendary lefty turning a half a century. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Weeks Scully. Zucchino here on location at Lake Ridge Links Golf Club in Durham, part of the Bruce Golf Rewards Golf Family. A gorgeous day to come out and play Lake Ridge Links in Whispering Ridge. And the uh, course is busy, it's in great shape, and uh, lots of enthusiasm here on the property. Now, interesting topic kind of popped up this week. We were celebrating Phil Mickelson's 50th birthday on Tuesday as uh, Lefty turns a half a century. And it is very difficult, guys, to compare uh, athletes in different eras. Uh, basketball was doing it over the last month or two when, uh, you know, obviously the 10-part uh, 
was a 10 or nine part uh, Michael Jordan uh, documentary, which was excellent, uh, that I watched uh, on Netflix. And of course, uh, we, the comparisons is Jordan the greatest of all time. Personally, in the basketball world, I believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. But you'll have people much younger than me uh, suggest that LeBron James uh, James has uh, eclipsed Michael Jordan, etc. And the debate goes on and on. Well, of course, golf has the same debate, and maybe in golf, it becomes even more difficult than other sports because the game has changed so drastically. Uh, you look at a sport like baseball, and not to suggest that baseball hasn't changed, but baseball in 1920 to, uh, to baseball in 2020 is not as wide a gap, not as great a difference in technology, how the game is played, how it looks, how the athletes are built to say golf in 1920 to 2020. So herein lies the challenge. Where does Phil Mickelson rank all time? And when we say all time, we we use the last 100 years. Uh, with all due respect to Bryson DeChambeau, uh, not Bryson DeChambeau, excuse me, to Brandel Chambly, who would probably do 20 minutes on old Tom Morris and old Tom Morris Jr. I'm not interested uh, in that. I'm interested in the game as we tend to understand it and know it today and its progression, which really starts a hundred years ago, say with, you know, Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen, that era of player. So, Bob, let's start with you. Where does Phil rank all time? And how did you come to this conclusion? What did you weigh? What had more weight than other categories, majors, wins, who they played against? Uh, how did you get to your conclusion? Well, I, I kind of started off by looking at who's won the most majors because I think that's almost always the measurement that, that we use or certainly the one that we rely on the most when we're trying to decide this thing. And as you said, it's tough to compare eras. It is uh, really difficult. I mean, you know, we all know who the who the top two guys on the major list are, Jack and Tiger. But after that, I don't know how many people know that Walter Hagen had 11 major championships, and that was before the Masters even existed. So who knows what he could have done if he'd had a fourth chance. He was only going, <laughs> going at three of them back at that day. So I, I kind of go down, and I look at the list of people who won major championships, and you, and you see names like Hogan and Player and Tom Watson and Arnold Palmer. And I, and I think... I think Phil, for me, is a little bit below that group. Um, I kind of put him in that same area as, say, like a Lee Trevino, um, uh, Seve Ballesteros, kind of in that group with the five, six major winners, maybe right around where Faldo is as well. He certainly had you know, a, a tough go because he certainly played against one of the toughest guys in, in, in uh, Tiger, but a lot of those other guys played against Jack. So... Um, it's hard to kind of figure it out, but I would say he, for me, he's probably just outside the top 10. So, I, so you've got him kind of where I have him, Bob. Um, we asked the Twitter universe and we will get to our Twitter results after we hear from Adam, but, um, I have him in the 11 to 15 hole and we asked yeah. our Twitter universe is Phil in the top 10 all time. Is he 11 to 15, 16 to 20 or other be, meaning above 20? Uh, and I have him in the 11 to 15 hole. And the reason I have him, Bob, in the 11 to 15 hole and not in the top 10 is I couldn't pull anyone out of the top 10. When I look at the top 10, in order to put Phil in there, you've got to knock off a, a, a guy. Can you take out a, a Nicholas Woods, Hogan, Player, Sarazen? Obviously, you can't touch those five. They're the only five that have ever won all four. Those five are untouchable. So now you get to the next group. 
uh, and can you can you remove Watson? No. Hagen? No. Varden? No. Palmer? No. Sam Snead? No. So to get Phil in there, someone's got to lose. And and to me, I couldn't do it. And that's how I came to my conclusion. Although Phil is one of my favorites of all time, and I love him for a bunch of different reasons. How do you uh, how do you pull one of those guys out? Okay, Adam, uh, to you, uh, and you uh, have probably seen more of Phil's career than any of these other people we're talking about, obviously on that list, considering you're 27 years old and not you know uh, 82, 83 like Bob and I are, you know entering our early <laughs> 80s here, um, and have seen golf. We remember golf in black and white. Adam, where do you put Phil, and how did you get to this conclusion? Yeah, so I actually have Phil at number 10. So I, I did a little research around here, and a big reason for putting him at 10, you know, his longevity. He's He won as a 20-year-old amateur in 1991. Mm -hmm. He also won as a 48-year-old at Pebble Beach last year. Obviously, the five major championships, we speak about those a lot. 11 runner-up finishes in majors, obviously including six at the U.S. Open. Another consistent stat for Phil, 1,354 straight weeks inside the top 50 in the world. That's another big stat for Phil. There are only six players all time with more wins and majors than Phil, Woods, Nicholas Sneed, Hogan, Hagen, Palmer. For me, Phil is at number 10. I like, And you know what? Listen, I'm not saying you're wrong either because... It really depends on the criteria you're using. And you put a lot of other things in there that are, you know, really important to the last 30 years uh, of our game. Going back to like 86 when we start talking about official world golf ranking points, going into world golf championship events, how much more important it became representing your country on team play. We didn't even get into that. Think of the, yeah. the run he's had on a Ryder Cup and a Presence Cup. So anybody who put him in the top 10, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just couldn't figure out a way to get him here. Now, let me get to the Twitter results, and then I've got two questions for both of you guys that uh, I, I'm curious your answer. Uh, Twitter Universe agrees with Adam Scully. Our Twitter poll has 51% of our Twitter audience guys putting Phil Mickelson in the top 10 all time. The next category, 37% agrees with Bob and I, 11 to 15 5% 16th to 20, and then 7% outside the top 20. So this is what these numbers tell me. These numbers tell me 51% put him in the top 10. I'm guessing we have a lot of younger Twitter followers on Golf Talk Canada. Just a hunch. 11 to 15% see in the world the way Bob and I do, which of course I'm always going to think is the right way. 5% <laughs> probably fall in love with a bunch of European tour players that probably don't have a right to really be on this list, with all due respect to some of them. You know, and like, I'll <clears throat> listen, I'll do what Paul Azinger uh, said about Seve Ballesteros. I'm, I'm upset, set, we lost Seve. I'm glad, I'm upset that Seve left uh, us too early, and I would not wish that upon anybody. But I'm not going to stand here and lie to you and didn't tell you that he shaked his change in my pocket when I was trying to putt. So, Seve Ballesteros, you can back up on the list as well for me. I know you influenced a bunch of European tour players. Hurrah, hurrah. That's probably that 5%. 
And then 7% of our Twitter audience that puts Phil Mickelson outside the top 20 is golf illiterate, which scares me, which wonders why are they listening and watching us if they're golf illiterate and put Phil outside the top 20. That concerns me. Okay, two questions for both of you gentlemen. I'll start with the first question around the horn to both of you. Scully, if Phil Mickelson wins the U.S. Open, which is highly unlikely at this point, but if he were to turn one of those second places into one victory or gets one done, if he adds one U.S. Open, how much does he vault up your list? Well, I think for, I mean, a lot of the population, I mean, you two are, are in that category as well. Have him, let's say, in that 11 to 15. I'd say for a lot of people, he's probably between like 9 and 12 you would say all time but if he does complete the career grand slam i think personally he's a shoe in for the top 10 on everyone's list it it is pretty crazy his consistency you know the 11 runner ups in, in all the majors and then obviously playing in the tiger era and winning five major championships in the tiger era it's quite an impressive feat as well isn't it yeah, it's, it's great. If, if, and just to let you guys know, for me, if he were to win a U.S. Open, he would vault immediately to fifth all time behind Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, uh, ben, uh, ben Hogan, Gene Sarazen, then Phil Mickelson, then Gary Player. Bob, where would you, if, if Phil were to somehow miraculously at age 50-something win a U.S. Open, where would he get onto your list? He wouldn't be top five. Um, I think I, I or, or if he was, he would be just. I mean, I think Gary Player has won nine majors, played all over the world, and and Phil is um, Phil does play all over the world. But I would put him just behind probably Gary Player, so like six or seven, six. maybe sort of maybe kind of in the uh, in the same neighborhood as say Sam Snead or Arnold Palmer, somewhere in that neighborhood. I'd put him. Yeah. See, for me, the minute you win all four. We've got to start extending Mount Everest for me. So I, I that's why I put him fifth. And, I, and again, six would still make sense for me because then he would be the last guy to add his name to this list that has five and be that sixth faith, face, so to speak, on, on, on Mount Everest. But to me, that's what it does for me. Okay, Bob, back to you quickly here before we go to break. Does Phil Mickelson win a PGA Tour event in his 50s? Yes, he will. My simple Adams, answer, he's got enough games. Same to you. I like that. Simple. That's what we were looking for. Yes, no. Adam, yes, no. Does Phil Mickelson win a PGA Tour event in his 50s? I agree. He will also win an event in his 50s. I'm not, I'm not thinking this year, but next year for sure. There you, well, you know what? All I know is we got three yeses on Phil winning in his 50s, which you know what that means on Golf Talk Canada, guys. It's never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> on the other side, we will get to an all-time Phil Mickelson, winners, weird, and what? I'm on location here at Lake Ridge Links, Whispering Ridge in Durham, having a great time. Come out and play. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure.
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino on location, Lake Ridge Links Golf Club here in Durham, home of Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge, part of the Bruce Golf Rewards family. Also, our SmartGolfDeals.com family as well. It is a sunny, beautiful day. I've got Adam Scully. I've got Bob Weeks. We've got 3-Dub. It is an all-time Phil Mickelson edition celebrating Phil's 50th this week. An all-Phil, all-time 3-Dub. And Adam, you have the tea. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. You know, fellas, it's pretty appropriate that that is my three-dub sting, especially for this segment, because my winner for Phil all-time is social media game. He has become a social media all-star. From one of the first videos he put out about hitting bombs, driving down Magnolia Lane and throwing some shade at Matt Kuchar there a little bit, his fireside chats, especially he's had some with Padre Harrington, Jordan Spieth, a very long and memorable one with Larry David, calves like adonis where where he's working on his calves his six day fast before the open championship where he didn't even where he almost couldn't recognize him where he lost 15 pounds in six days not sure if that was the smartest thing of course and then you have his 90 second video he did before capital one's the match where he and tom brady faced off against tiger and peyton where he's talking about hellacious seeds and activating the calves for me fellas phil mickelson his social media game is my winner. Bob, is there another player on tour who does social media better than Phil Mickelson? Certainly not in the wide variety of things he presents. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love Max Homa uh, on Twitter. Yeah. He's pretty good, but he just does the analyzing of, of swings. But I think uh, for the breadth and the depth, uh, he is number one. My, my weird for Phil... 2014 Barclays. Uh, Phil hits his hits two shots into the grandstands on the fifth hole in consecutive days, and you know some players would potentially take a drop out of their uh, line of sight, of course, and, and take a drop somewhere around the green. But Phil decided to play it as it lies from the grandstand. The first time he hit it into the bunker just over the green. Of course, the second day in a row he hits this tee shot, and all you hear him say is, "Not again." He walked up to the, to the spot, hit this next one about 20 feet or so. Phil being Phil, hitting it from the grandstand. Mark, do you remember this moment? I do remember it, and it's perfect Phil. And if you're thinking of Phil images, um, why he is so loved and why he is so different, that is a perfect Phil image. Because how many players, Adam, would take 25 minutes looking for relief? Phil instead, lob wedge off the deck, literally off the deck literally off the deck i remember as well uh, last year the day after the cp women's open they still had some of the grandstands set up and i actually hit one uh, into one and i elected to play it as it lies of course jamie Rydell, tsm producer took the video it it broke instagram obviously because he was commentating but uh, a great moment uh with grandstands for sure my what for phil 
he does whatever it takes to win, whether he's hitting with two drivers, zero drivers, Frackenwood. Phil does it all. He's won majors uh, using both strategies. Bob, have you ever uh, thought about not using a driver in a round or maybe carrying two putters or that sort of thing? Uh, I've thought about not using a driver, but it's usually after I've broken one over my knee. So <laughs> it kind of makes it impossible to do. But he has... He has brought all sorts of uh, of thinking to the driver game over the years. That's for sure. Uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. His mind is something else. I loved when the, his birthday was on. They asked a bunch of PGA Tour players what uh, gift ideas they would say for Phil. Once I said a blank encyclopedia, so he can fill it up because he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, he, is, he is so good for the game of golf, and he actually brought out two drivers for a couple tournaments as well last year, and this, that was another very memorable social media post. Okay, Bob, the tee is now yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, for one of the first times in my career, I'm doing an audible winner for my Winners Weird and What. And I don't mean by audible, I don't mean I'm calling an audible. I mean there's actually sound to it. This is something that uh, involves Phil and his his uh, arch enemy, Tiger Woods, standing on the tee at the 2002 Tour Championship where they were going to play together. Ladies and gentlemen, your 12.55 tee time from Windermere, Florida, winner of 34 PGA Tour events, including the 2002 Masters Tournament, the U.S. Open, the Bay Hill Invitational, the Buick Open, the American Express World Golf Championship. All right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) That, to me, was one of the all-time great Phil moments, and I love the look on both Tiger and Phil's face after that and all the people laughing around it it was sort of one of the lighter moments between those two at a time when they weren't people anyway didn't think they were necessarily the greatest friends do you remember that one mark yeah oh yeah i i love that bob and you're right at, at that point in time the narrative was not the narrative we have now and I, it's kind of interesting phil and tiger's relationship in a way, has kind of followed the path of Arnie and Jack in a way. You know, Arnie, everyone loved Arnie. Jack was, you know, a little rough around the edges because, you know, he came along, kind of knocked Arnie off his uh, pedestal. They were arch rivals, became great friends, and now, uh, you know, eternity, time has attached them at the hip for eternity, so to speak. And in a way, Tiger and Phil, although Tiger has always been loved as well, in a way, their relationship kind of follows that path. And I, I love that audio you use there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my weird is the uh, takes us back just a couple of years ago to the U.S. Open at Shinnecock, where on the 13th hole, Phil finally had enough of the uh, ridiculous setup by uh, your put together by your good pal Mark Mike Davis, and uh, yeah. decided that he was decided that he was going. I mean, I think he just lost his mind. He said afterwards he was trying to take advantage of the rules, but I'm sure he just lost his mind when he hit the moving putt. I I don't think I've ever seen that in a in an Open Championship or any championship. I've seen a lot of breaches of rules and guys getting upset and guys throwing clubs and dropping balls in the pond and stuff afterwards. But, man, that was something else. Do you remember that one, Scully? 
Oh, yeah. I will never forget watching that and thinking, Phil, what on earth are you doing? A couple of funny moments came after that. He was playing with Andrew Beef Johnson that day. And I remember the look Beef gave him. Like, like he sort of had this big smirk on his face. Like, did that actually just happen? Was that real? And then the next day, Phil, I believe he made a birdie on that hole and raised his arms in the air as if he'd actually won the golf tournament. Uh, just <laughs> Phil being Phil. <laughs> Beef was great. I'll never forget Beef coming in there. He goes, wow. He's like, is that really happening? And he had the big goofy <laughs> smile on his face. Uh, my what is uh, takes us back to another Tiger Phil pairing. And this one was a real pairing. Do you remember back at the 2004 Ryder Cup, Oakland Hills, just outside of Detroit, Michigan, Hal Sutton was the captain, and he decided to pair Tiger and Phil, not once, but twice. And the record books will show for the rest of history that Tiger and Phil together went 0 and 2, and I doubt that they will ever be paired again in any kind of championship other than something that's made for TV, right, Mark? Well, it just, there were so many things bizarre about that, loading up the one team. It's not like their games complement one, one another. Um, well, there's a, you put, the list is 100 items deep. Why not, Bob? But do you also, Bob, recall that two days before the Ryder Cup, uh, Phil Mickelson switched manufacturers and put a brand-new set of clubs he never touched before and played? Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. And I remember one of the reasons why they were so uh, upset about the pairing together was because they were both using completely different golf balls. And one of those was as a result of that change in, in equipment. But, man, I can never forget hitting, seeing Phil hit a tee shot and it was going leaking out towards a fence and Tiger just kind of leaning around going, what is going on here? But anyway, uh, Mark, the tee is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my winner, guys, and I was just trying to think of a shot uh, as my winner because we have this conversation with Tiger Woods quite often, and you know, Bob and I and Adam, we'll always talk about the 2000 Canadian Open, six iron, right side of the fairway bunker, Tiger over the pond at Glen Abbey is you know one of the greatest uh, shots maybe the Tigers ever hit. Uh, what is Phil's moment like that, or is there one? And for me, my winner, six iron. From the pine straw, 13th hole, amen corner, Augusta, as Phil Mickelson is trying to win his third green jacket in 2010. He hits it in a spot that 99.9999% of the planet would lay up, pitch out sideways from. Some might not even try to get it down the fairway. What does Phil do? Six iron from the pine straw over Ray's Creek onto the green, goes on to make birdie, goes on to win his third green jacket. Adam, if you're thinking about Phil and you're thinking about one shot, would that be the shot that comes to your mind? Well, that would certainly be one of them. Another one, the 2013 Open Championship, a second shot into the 17th hole with that fracking wood from 290 yards or so and hit it to about... 40 feet uh, two putt for birdie on route to winning i remember he spoke earlier that week about how he went to that green to practice his lag putting because the practice putting green at muirfield wasn't very big so he went there to practice uh, his lag putting on that hole another strange moment though mark with that shot in 2010 he hit, he hit that shot to what two and a half three feet but then he missed the putt for eagle just phil being phil right that is Phil being Phil, but that <laughs> shot is just stuck in my mind because I remember watching it and cringing, thinking, what are you doing, and uh, what a moment he creates there uh, on, on route to a third green jacket. Okay, my weird 
And I know, uh, I know Bob and I were both there for this one. Uh, I was there in a different capacity, obviously, than, than why it would be there now. But in 2006, Phil Mickelson is, is really, guys, clearly the best player in the world, regardless of the official world golf rankings. In 2006, he, he won the, the Masters earlier that year. The fall of 05, he won the PGA Championship. We're now at Wingfoot. He is about to win three majors in a row if he can par the 18th hole at Wingfoot. I was watching this on Golf Channel the other night, and they're still to this day talking about the tee shot. And to me, the tee shot is obviously a mistake. In fact, Frank Nablo said that uh, Ben Hogan's rolling over in his grave, that he didn't hit an iron off the tee. And I understand that narrative. But for me, it's the second shot. Bob, you know why it's the second shot for me? Because competitive golfers and professional golfers learn from day one that you don't compound a mistake with another mistake. You take your medicine and play to your percentages. This at the time is the best wedge player in the world. He's still one of the best wedge players in the world. And when he missed the green on the 18th hole at wing foot, instead of pitching it out to the fairway and giving himself 120, 130 yards in for a third to get up and down to win or two putt for a playoff the next day, he tries to hit a four iron over towering trees, uh, corporate hospitality, heroic shot. To me, that is the weirdest choice maybe Phil Mickelson has ever made, Bob, in his entire career. You know what shot stands out for me? And that one was the tee shot on 17 that ended up in a garbage can. Little did we know how, prof- how prophetic that would be at one hole later, right? <laughs> oh, so true. So true. And my what, and this is to, to a bit to what Scully was talking about with the three wood into 17 at the Open Championship in 2013. What a final round. And if you go back to Phil Mickelson's career and the style of golf he played and, and, and playing golf in university in a dome, as, as they say, when you play golf in a desert environment and growing up in Southern California and really not loving his experience with Lynx golf and, and and the Open Championship in the first part of his career. And then in the second half of his career, starting to fall in love with the imagination and the variety of Lynx golf and all the different ways you could play the game and starting to see some of his uh, finishes at Open Championships start to change. Instead of 36 holes and, and gone, you know, hanging around the top 20 and hanging around the top 10. And then all of a sudden in 2013, Starts the day five shots back and goes out and wins the Open Championship. Probably a championship for many parts of his life he thought that he would never win. And ends up adding it. It was his last major, his fifth major to date. An incredible back nine where he tore it up. He goes out and does it in all fill fashion with the accelerator to the floor. Adam, I know two... 2004 was his first major, the one that ripped the monkey off his back. But when Phil looks back at his career, assuming he doesn't add a U.S. Open at any point the rest of the way, when Phil looks back at his career, it might be the Open Championship in 2013, the one that, that tastes the best. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you even think to that approach shot he hit onto the 18th hole that barely skirted the bunker, gave himself a 12-15 to 15 footer for birdie and the victory at the time. And then he looked, you know, 20, how about the 2016 Open Championship, the duel with Henrik Stenson. Any other, 99% of every other Open Championship, Phil wins that, but Henrik Stenson with a 63 on the Sunday. Uh, Phil Mickelson, what a career he's had so far.
Yeah, that one with Stenson might be the best 36-hole duel I've ever seen in my life. It might eclipse uh, Watson-Nicholas uh, at Turnberry. It was that good. All right, Skulls, I'm going to see you Saturday as you and I are uh, riding solo. Weeksy going to yes. take a, a well-deserved day off Saturday. So you and I back in the saddle Saturday morning. I'm on location, Lake Ridge Lakes, Whispering Ridge in Durham on the other side. Bob and I going to put a bow on this GTC, get you caught up with all things Golf Talk. Canada, as well as 20 Weeks TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to G GTC. I am uh, starting to lose my words because I'm looking forward to getting home playing golf. And I want to thank our friends here at Lake Ridge, Lake Ridge Links and Whispering Ridge and Bruce Golf Rewards and Ryan Starr, who is the golf director out here at Lake Ridge Links, for having me out today and having Golf Talk Canada out here to their wonderful facility. And congratulations on them on uh, such a good news story that the golf community is feeling right now at the moment a silver lining in a very bizarre time and uh, they like most of our friends in the golf community are just enjoying a wonderful start to their season families juniors people coming out and playing golf and there's a big tsn connection out here as well bob a lot of our uh tsn colleagues uh are, are often out here playing golf uh, some of them enjoy some of the ladies uh leagues and things like that as well so uh, tsn connection here as well at lake ridge links bob you i know you're working on a story uh, something to do with the new PGA Tour video game and a Canadian connection. I know there's a lot of people. I know uh, my stepson, Marty, I know he'll be right into this new game when it pops. There's a lot of people waiting for this to drop. Yeah, this is the new PGA Tour 2K21. Uh, Going to be uh, available on August 21st. And a lot of the graphics and design of the game have been done, in, you won't believe this, in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. <laughs> that's a best known as really? the home of the uh yeah yeah uh best known as great great the best muscles i've also i've ever had were from lunenburg but also the blue nose is there but there's a studio out there with about 80 people and they are now world renowned for developing these video games and so there's a huge connection and this this game uh from what i understand and i'm not much of a gamer but uh, this game is going to go through the roof and uh, i can't wait to actually see it and maybe even give it a try yeah, it'll be fun to check out. Looking forward to it. Bob, you enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy some downtime. I know how hard you. you've been going. We've all been going crazy. So, yeah, get out there. Enjoy the sun. Play some golf. Hopefully get out at West. And I know it'll always be tickety-boo. So enjoy 
your weekend. Adam and I are back this Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. in uh, in our national time slot on TSN 1050 here in Toronto, 1150 in Hamilton. Check your listings coast to coast across the TSN radio network, of course, on the iHeartRadio app, app, and you can listen online at tsn.ca, of course, as well. GTC TV returns August 1st. We're back with a two-hour live radio simulcast on TSN2, and then Bob and I will preview the PGA Championship later that week, midweek, with our regular Golf Talk Canada TV show as a TV schedule will kick off in August. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. You need to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. This week, we're giving away a SimMax driver to anyone who follows us. If you follow us already, you're already entered. And we're back next week as well in our Tuesday and Thursday regular weekday TSN radio time slot right here on TSN 1050. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.